Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 118 of the NeuroEdge podcast. The name of today's episode is Individual Sovereignty in the Age of Information. This is actually more or less a theme of a book that I just read that I really wanted to talk about because I thought it was some pretty good information. And what was cool is this book, and I'll talk about it in the episode today, was written back in the 90s, but it is very prevalent now and I think even more prevalent going into the future of where the economy is headed, where the world is headed. And I always want to give you actionable, implementable tips and strategies that you can work on just to make yourself better. Again, this podcast is about becoming the highest performing version of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so what I want to do is give you some of these things to think about and talk about and you may have thought about some of this stuff before, or maybe you've never even contemplated it. So I just want to kind of drop the, you know, plant the seed in your brain about how we view individual sovereignty and what it means going forward in the age of information. Because basically we are right now in the throes of a new paradigm shift. So the world is completely changing around us. Everything is moving towards new systems, new ways of living, new ways of being in communities with people, new ways of communicating, new ways of basically doing everything. And just for instance, last night I went to a sporting event and I mean, two years ago, you would have been like, no way. There's no way this was actually an NHL game. And you would have been like, there's no way that this is how the world is. And it's only two years different. It's completely different. And so again, this is a new paradigm that we exist in. And I think this idea of individual sovereignty, and I will explain what that means in detail, but how we navigate this age of information is going to be more or less on the back of being a sovereign individual and relying on the skill set that you have created for yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And if it sounds a little vague, just bear with me and we will get through it might sound a little kind of dense, but I promise it will be helpful to you today. So again, before I jump on into everything, don't forget to go check out the group of like-minded people that are also engaged in the same topics of conversation that we are talking about. My goal of this is to build a community of people that want to be around other people that are interested in self-improvement and making themselves the best version of themselves. So definitely go check that out, like I say, on every episode. All right, let's go ahead and I will share my screen and we will jump into it. All right, so individual sovereignty in the age of information. So what does it mean to be a sovereign person? Well, this was according to the dictionary. So the definition of sovereign is supreme power, especially over a body politic, so a political body. can also mean freedom from external control or autonomy. Now think about that for a second. I know that is like music to my ears, freedom from external control or autonomy, which just basically means self-government. And that's what sovereign or sovereignty means is that you have the right to govern yourself. And I think if you look at the political systems that were developed through the Enlightenment up until where we exist today, that was a main theme is having this individual sovereignty, autonomy, control over yourself. 
Now, that doesn't mean we will always have that. And we are, again, in the thrust of a new paradigm shift where there is a war going back and forth between individual sovereignty and control. And then lastly, as part of the definition, sovereign means controlling influence. And so when we talk about individual sovereignty, that means that you would have all of these powers and controls over yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of people in today's age, and they might not even be aware of this or understand why or understand how this works, they may be giving away that sovereignty to someone else. And so when you do that, you're giving away your autonomy to have someone else run your life. You're giving away your controlling influence to have someone else run your life. And you may be doing it subconsciously, and you may not even realize, realize that it's being done to you. But again, this is why it's important in the age of information to be able to recognize this, understand it, and understand that you are in control. Because right now, you know, our ancestors, they had wars, they had strife and everything. And not saying that that was easy by any means, but at least it was in front of their face. If you look back even to our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, a lot of the problems they went to were right there. They were in the real world. Whereas now the societal construct of problems that we're going through are in the portal of technology. They are in the portal of our cell phones and the internet. And the war is being fought for your attention and your sovereignty over these airwaves in the digital space right now. And so as we transition, I mean, we are in the information now information age now. But as we transition into more of an information age, and it becomes even more and more dominant across the world today, this idea of being sovereign and being in charge of yourself and control of your own thoughts, and not giving that away to other people and giving it away to other forces that want to control and influence you is going to be extremely important. So this is the book I was talking about. It was called, it's called The Sovereign Individual Mastering the Transition to the Information Age. It's by a guy named James Dale Davidson and William Reese Mogg, who are more or less economists. I don't think they're quote unquote professionally trained economists. They're investment advisors. They have investment newsletters. And if you look at some of the best you know, predictors of the future, uh, a lot of those people can be found in the investment world. A lot also cannot. I mean, a lot of people are, smell selling snake oil in the investment world, whether it's financial advisors, whoever. But if you look at some people when their reputation and their livelihood is staked on being able to produce or predict the future, and then they produce content that does so and people are willing to pay them for it, it's interesting. And then also Peter Thiel, founder of PayPal, is also a author of the preface for this book. So Really important, and I think, again, this was written like in the late 90s, but it is even more relevant today based on the topics they talked about, and they really predicted a lot of the shifts that we have been seeing in the future. But I thought this was a great book, and it really opened my eyes up to some things, so I wanted to share some of my insights with you. So what is the movement to the sovereign individual? So if we look at most of human history, we have been dominated, at least in the quote unquote modern age, the last 6,000 years or so, we've been dominated by the nation state. And so we have had these political structures that we know as the nation state that have dominated everything, culture, economics, politics, society, you name it. 
it has been more or less controlled by the nation state. That has been the framework through which we have operated as a people and as a group of people. And over the course of these last few thousand years, there has been a movement towards the liberation of the individual. So while the nation state likes to keep people all the same and kind of herd people together like cattle in order to control them, and maybe there's not, I think there would be, but not all the time does that have to be necessarily bad intentioned. There could have been good intentions with that, or at least started with good intentions. Either way, though, over the last few thousand years, there has been the movement. If you look at all the different transitions that we've gone through, there's been a movement towards liberation of the individual. So each period of history has created exponential jumps in this. So if you look at a lot of the inflection points that have we, we have been through in history, there will be these large jumps in a short period of time, and then things kind of stable out, and they normalize. And then we move into another rapid pace. And then as we have moved along, the space between these times has become less and less. And so, for instance, we first had the Renaissance. And so there was just this explosion of information, sharing of information, creation of art, culture, literature, architecture, all these different things. And it, these ideas spread almost like a virus across the globe in a good way and then it allowed people to sync up and if you've ever heard of the hundredth monkey syndrome it's this idea that humans even if they are not in direct communication if one human starts to figure something out another human non-locally will also start to figure that out so if you look it up pretty cool hundredth monkey syndrome i think is what they call it the next part was the enlightenment so out of the renaissance was born the enlightenment and we had a lot of these political thinkers that started to really question, okay, why would we cede our rights as individuals if we're all endowed by God and created by God? Why would we cede those rights to a nation state? Why can't we create a nation state that actually allows for the flourishment of individual liberty? And thus we had the American Revolution, French Revolution, and a lot of these moves towards democratized government. Then out of that, it more or less laid the framework for the industrial revolution. So this creation of the sovereign individual, well, the birth of the sovereign individual during these times, the fact that people should have the ability to not be peasants, but be able to create things, create businesses, create products and services, allowed for the industrial revolution to take hold. And again, during these times, there's always a back and forth between people like the nation state that want to control the nation state and control people. And then also people that want to have control over their own lives. And so the industrial revolution, we saw this again with the emergence of a lot of new technologies and everything that helped create and connect the world today, more or less in an analog fashion through railroads, telephones, things like this that were not necessarily digital. But what that then did was lay the framework for the information age. And so in the 70s, 80s, 90s, we had the emergence of the internet and the idea that the internet was allowing us to communicate even more non-locally now. And now the internet basically is everything. It is the economy, it is how we operate, it is how we get everything done in our lives today. And so now we are smack dab right here in the information age. And the crazy thing about being in the information age is we as humans didn't really have this built into our DNA in terms of how we communicate. So we are still running on hardware that is more adapted for 
this renaissance enlightenment type thing where things moved at a certain pace, whereas now in the information age, everything is moving so rapidly and you have to be able to discern for yourself among the information, what's important and what's not important. So then we move into self-reliance. So think about this. So our fathers and grandfathers relied on a higher hierarchical system as pretty much all of their grandfathers did for thousands of years if we look back to our ancestors. And in a nutshell, this hierarchical system looked like go to school, get a job, get success, and then have retirement. And that's more of like the 20th century model where that was very prevalent and to go to school and get a job and have success in retirement was basically everyone's goal. But if you look about it, going back thousands of years, that was more or less how you operated. You went through and you learned a certain skill or something. And then you worked in that for a really long time. And then you built up a little family or whatever that you were doing. And then you retired and then your soul moved on. And during this time, humans were able to depend on each other much more. So we were able to say, oh, okay, this is my role. And I can kind of depend that if I do my role, that everything will be taken care of. And that's just part of the system and how it works, which it can to a certain extent. However, over the last, particularly the last 30 or 40 years, there has been a movement towards the individual over group cohesion. So we have become a very individualized society. And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's just what it is. So rather than maybe 200 years ago, we had communities in which people cared for each other. And if someone got sick in the community, they would go and help that person's family out and help them with their farm or whatever that they were doing. And you had this communal sense of living that for thousands of years, humans thrived on. And what's happened is we've moved into this age of information is that that has more or less been eroded, especially in the first world. Now, I think we can get back to living more in a world like that. And I think through the use of decentralized technology, we can create systems that mirror this. And I think for humans, it's easier for us to live like this and be able to orient ourselves in a manner that reflects this. But we have moved away from that to this idea of the individual. We have to rely on ourselves. We don't have anyone else that's looking out for us. And we basically have to provide everything for ourselves, which is more or less true if you look at the economy, especially in the Western world today, how it works. And again, we're not naturally wired this way from the last few thousand years. And so understanding self-reliance is understanding that <clears throat> as humans, we have these inbuilt mechanisms to behave like this, act like this. That's how we thrive with people. But the information age is creating this dissonance where we're not necessarily in situations like that anymore. So we have to be much more adept at understanding how to become self-reliant, even though it's really, really hard to do. And so what does the information age bring? What well, brings movement away from menial jobs? So as we have transitioned into this age of self-reliance, maybe as before, where you were doing a menial job that took you only a day to learn, now roles in society are becoming much more complex because they are requiring a higher order of thinking, whereas may have things, things before may have been more manual and work was needed to be done and you could learn that work easily, although it still needed to be done. Well, now we're in the information age where work is much more from a higher order level of thinking and we have to integrate with technology and systems in a way to use our brain and 
the people that are getting compensated the most and the ones that are able to make enough money in order to live into the debt servitude economy that we've moved into, you have to be able to have a much more malleable, malleable brain that can learn things faster. And so what kind of roles do you want to have in the future where well, you want to have things that can't be easily replaced by computers or AI? And that doesn't necessarily mean being a computer programmer or coder. There's always that learn to code thing that people talk about, like, oh, teach coal miners how to learn and code. Well, coding necessarily won't even keep you immune from this. It's more understanding that computers have a tough time doing things that are highly variable. And you want to develop a skill set in which that can't easily be replaced. So it doesn't necessarily mean being a coder. Being a coder isn't always something that's going to be highly variable. But being able to use your communication skills, being able to solve problems for other people that have a complex order of magnitude different than something that can be easily solved by a computer is going to be what opens up the future to understanding what type of careers you can have. And there's lots of opportunity. As we move into this, you see the internet now has allowed people to make money. Just for instance, I had a flat bike tire the other day and I looked up on YouTube how to fix a flat bike tire. And there's people with millions of subscribers talking about fixing flat bike tires and biking. And at what point in time would someone been able to make money or have a living off of putting YouTube videos of biking. And that's just one small example. There's tons of opportunity, but it takes individual will and discernment to be able to sort through and move from that old paradigm of go to school, get job, have success into understanding, sorting through information and creating and manifesting something that is valuable, but also that cannot easily be replaced by somebody else. And so where does that lead us? Well, it leads us to being able to master the art of information processing. This is something that I like to think about and talk about. Basically, the speed of new information is going to overwhelm a lot of people. We have already seen that since really 2012 when social media took off. Information is just overwhelming now, so much so to the point that it's almost useless because you have to sort through so much junk to even discern what is real and what is fake. With that being said, it's important to train our brain how to process large data sets. So we need to be able to sort through lots and lots of data and then draw connections among that data. We need to be able to distinguish signal from noise and understand that our world now is data and the skill is not going to be coming from just looking at data. It's going to be able to process that data and make connections and see what is useful and what is not as, not as useful. So there's going to be a lot of junk out there and our skill is going to be coming from how to understand that data, interpret it and turn it into something actionable. So think about this across whatever you're doing. If you can take data and distill it down into something that's actionable that can actually improve people's lives is going to be huge for you going forward and being a sovereign individual in the future. Again, being able to make connections across subject matter and then also avoid algorithm silos. So a lot of times what happens today is we have these systems that have created algorithms that feed us the content or whatever that we that the, the system thinks we want. And when you do that, you become myopic in your understanding of how the world works. And then all of a sudden you believe in crazy conspiracy theories, whatever that may be, or you believe in one thing that 
the algorithm tells you and you don't expose yourself to different sorts of information. So it's very, very important to get exposure to as much source of information as you can and then distill that down into something that's meaningful. And then again, as always with everything in life, it's more important to have quality over quantity. And then kind of as we go through this, there's going to be political birthing pains. And so that's what we're seeing right now as we go through this really trying political time. It's going to be hard for humans to adapt to this because of how information systems work. There's going to be lots of political division. So these algorithms create political division and then make it tough for people to see other people's point of view. And with this, we can't cling to the old way of life. We have to become adaptive in understanding this and then understanding how this works. So a lot of people, we get sucked into the machines and the information that we're given. And all of a sudden you don't step back and understand it in the larger context of what's going on in your life. And then ultimately it comes down to you saving yourself. And so what I really think the idea of the information age and becoming a sovereign individual in the information age is that we don't have these external saviors in our life anymore. And I'm not talking about your spiritual savior, but just the idea that a large corporation or a government entity is going to be the person or thing that saves us. Um, we can't rely on like our forefathers did that. Okay. Yeah. I can get, go get a job and work at this place. I'm going to be set. And all I've got to do is show up and just work hard. That's not going to be enough in the future. We have to be able to develop our own skills and learn how to monetize them ourselves. Whether you're an entrepreneur or you work somewhere, it's about learning how to actually take your skills and then create them and shape them around whatever situation you'd be pre uh, presented with. Also, there's going to be a decentral manner of productivity. So we see that a lot of people now working from home. All of these tasks and things are going to become much more decentralized rather than centralized, where maybe you had people that worked in a factory one time. The supply chain of how things get done in the world is going to be, become much more fragmented and broken up as the, as the internet allows for this. And basically, the internet breaks down borders. We're seeing this every single day, and it's more important to rely on our skills rather than the title and authority you have. So just because you're a vice president of some organization, in the future, that's not going to mean anything hardly. What's going to matter is what skills you have and what problems you can solve other people. And that may be working in a business or for a company, or it may be being your own employee or being your, your own boss and outsourcing your talent to help other people. I think the economy is moving much more towards that type of model. And basically the world is flat. So degrees don't matter, family ties don't matter, and political ties don't matter anymore. To some extent, they still do a little bit, but I think we're going to continue continually move away from that. What's going to matter in the future is our ability to solve problems, our ability to solve problems using information, our ability to bring chaos to order. So think about that. If you wanna make have success in business, bring order from chaos take chaos and make it orderly. And the ability to make connections across industries, I think that's always gonna be something, especially as we move into an age of new, large data sets that we understand how to make connections across industries and implement things from one industry to another. And then also lastly, just on an individual level, it's gonna be super important for us to have neuroplasticity. That's basically our brain's ability to adapt. And so as we age, we have a tendency to not want to do things that are outside of our comfort zone and we become set in our ways. So 
the way to do this is to not become set in our ways and understand that rapid change is becoming the new norm. So we have to become uncomfortable or we have to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations and open to change at all times. And if you think a lot about a lot of the anxiety and stress that people have, it comes from being in these uncomfortable situations and not being able to deal with it. If we can put ourselves in a situation where we can not only deal with it, but thrive and move through those things and learn things in a way, that's something that one is going to keep us young and have having vitality and energy, but also is going to help us with our careers and then understanding the world paradigm in which we exist. So I had a quote from Peter Thiel here, who was the author of the preface of this book. But he said the most contrarian thing of all is not to oppose the crowd, but to think for yourself. So think about that. Take everything that we said today and really just think for yourself. The most contrarian thing you can do is to think for yourself and understand that you're in control of your own life and how you operate. And that's going to be even more so important moving into the future. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Let me know your thoughts, feedback, whether this was interesting, whether you got something out of it or whether you disagree with me. I really want to have people disagree with me because I love the arena for the debate of ideas. So thanks again, if you listen to the whole thing and uh, as always hit me up, let me know your feedback and talk to you soon. Peace.